Very good day to all of you. This is Professor Dima Jamali. Welcome to the Sharjah Talks Business Podcast brought to you by University of Sharjah. Today, I have with me a very special guest and somebody who has left a mark on the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Sharjah and the UAE, Ms. Najla Al-Mitfa, Chief Executive Officer for Shira, a government-supported entity, launched in 2016 with a mandate to build the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Sharjah and support entrepreneurs to build and grow innovative startups. Shira has hosted the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival for the past few years, which has attracted over 18,000 attendees from around the world. Prior to Shira, Najla held a senior position at Khalifa Fund for Enterprise Development focused on SME financing, and she was consultant for McKinsey, a New York office serving clients across financial institution sectors. She is a member of the board of directors of United Arab Bank, Emirates Development Bank, and Dana Gaz. She is a board member of Endeavor UAE and a fellow of the Aspen Institute Middle East Leadership Initiative and an Eisenhower Global Fellow. Welcome to the Sharjah Talks Business Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. And I want to start this podcast by asking you a question uh, because uh, I saw the magazine walking in and it attracted my attention that you were listed among the 100 most powerful business women by Forbes Middle East for 2022. So what does this mean to you? Because I think this is a great honor and also an inspiration for many young ladies who aspire to be on this Forbes list one day. How does it feel to be on this list? And what is your advice for young women who are aspiring one day to be listed on this prestigious magazine? Thank you so much, uh, Professor Dima, and it's a pleasure to be here on your podcast. And thank you for the question. Uh, And I should also say thank you to Forbes for including me on on that list. And it really is truly uh, my honor and privilege to be amongst uh, some of the most uh, respected businesswomen in the region, and many of whom I consider my own mentors and role models as well. Uh, while it truly is an accomplishment that I that I hold dear, at the end of the day, for me, what has really led to that result is the focus on the impact of the work that I do and that we do here at Shira. And I think if that was, if there was one message that I would have for any any young uh, woman, be it a businesswoman or any career woman, I would say focus first and foremost on the impact that you are trying to have uh, lists like these, awards, recognition, so on, obviously are an inspiration to continue working hard, but they aren't the goal and the destination at the end of the day. And so it's really much more about the journey and these are the rewards and milestones along the way. I couldn't agree more. So well said. Focus on the journey and focus on the impact. Focus on your goals and your mission and what you're seeking to achieve, success and recognition will come after that. Let me ask you now a few questions about Shira. Shira is really thriving under your leadership. You have done so much to strengthen the ecosystem here in Sharjah. So in your opinion, 
What are the opportunities and challenges in this important entrepreneurship space at the moment? So I think uh, I can say in terms of the uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem here in Sharjah and the last, let's say, seven or eight years, it's actually been eight years since we uh, established Shirah, um, we've seen it grow significantly. Um, and I wouldn't say this is just the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Sharjah. I would say it's the ecosystem in the UAE and the region at large. One of the stories uh, I love to tell is the fact that back in 2010, which was when I first took my initial steps into the entrepreneurial ecosystem, we didn't even have a word for entrepreneurship in Arabic at the time. We know now it's Riyadat al-Amal, but back in the day, it was such a new concept and you could probably count on one hand companies like Mektoub that we could say were the quote-unquote tech startups of the region. And then, you know, we'll, you look at where we are today, almost over a decade later, and we have a lot of success stories to point to. And all of that is a result of an ecosystem that has grown, that is thriving, that is flourishing, and is providing a lot of opportunities to entrepreneurs. Obviously, with the ecosystem that has grown, so have many of the new technologies that have come out along the way, artificial intelligence, blockchain, IoT, VR, AR, so on and so forth. And with the introduction of each of these new technologies comes new, uh, come new opportunities. But also along the way have come massive challenges, many of whom nobody could have predicted, much like the COVID pandemic. And with those challenges also came new opportunities as well for entrepreneurs to step up and really provide more digital offerings uh, to the world. And so in the sense of opportunities, I think they're boundless. I think there are plenty of opportunities uh, that, that entrepreneurs can, uh, can pursue. In terms of the challenges in the ecosystem, we've seen a shift, but I think there continues to be a bit of a stigma associated around failure. And I think that's important uh, to continue working on from a very young age. It's not something that you work on when someone has reached university or is in their 20s. It's something that starts when they are very young, really inculcating that mindset of problem solving, of being able to express opinions, critical thought, uh, experimentation. I think these are all traits that are important to really work on as early as possible. So that's one of the challenges, I think, when I compare our ecosystem to other ecosystems that need to, that need to be plugged. I think perhaps the other challenge is when it comes to uh, capital, we've seen more and more capital available at the early stages uh, so when, when we first started, you know, there was a gap at pre-seed, seed. Most of the funding was at Series A. I think we're seeing more investors starting to invest earlier on. We're still seeing um, a lot of angel investors also come in, family businesses also come in and look at uh, investing as an asset class. But when it comes to growth capital, that remains a, a gap that needs to be plugged as well. And so I'd say that's another challenge uh, perhaps in the ecosystem that needs to be filled. And then the final one, which I guess I would say is, again, it's changing, is um, basically access to market and both corporates as well as uh, public entities giving opportunities to startups to implement their solutions. And so I think uh, the more we allow these opportunities, allow these startups to actually implement their products and services at these bigger companies and organizations, the, the better chance they have at succeeding. This is really amazing. And basically, to summarize, 
You're saying we've come a long way in terms of entrepreneurship in the UAE and in Sharjah. Of course, there were obstacles and challenges along the way, but it's all about learning how to turn threats and challenges into opportunities. You also mentioned something really important about embracing failure, and this is part of the journey for any entrepreneur, which brings me to my next question about what advice you would give to young students or early career um, professionals aspiring to make the first step into the world of entrepreneurship? So, so I think there are a few pieces of advice um, uh, I would give. And I'm trying to make stay away from, let's say, the generic follow your passion advice. I think that goes without saying. Um, but I would say perhaps the first uh, piece of advice is start where you are with what you have. Because I think we tend to uh, see a lot of students with ideas who then overanalyze the ideas and spend a lot of time thinking about them, but don't take that first step when it comes to action. And what I mean by first step, it could be as simple as joining an organization like Shira, joining one of our programs. We do a lot of idea validation programs. We always say the first step, once you have an idea, is to validate, to, to see whether the problem you're solving is actually a problem and whether the solution you have in mind solves that problem. So finding problem-solution fit is a first step. And so joining an idea validation program, I think, is a great first step. Uh, being part of a community, surround yourself with other people who are as ambitious, who are as excited about making a change as well, because that will keep you inspired. I mean, everyone knows entrepreneurship, as they often say, is a lonely journey. And so the more you can surround yourself with a support system, again, the more likely you are to succeed. So I would say those are the two main things. Find a, a real problem that is worth solving, that is important to you, that is big enough to solve, and make sure that your solution does actually solve that problem and surround yourself with a community that can support you as you do that. So just to recap, take the first step don't procrastinate because we have a lot of students and young entrepreneurs who get stuck in the phase of ideation. You need to push further and actually dare to pilot and experiment. Also, you mentioned to surround yourself with mentors and advisors who are as passionate as you are. So this brings me to also my next question. Uh, now, uh, Shira is a center of attention. You're attracting lots of entrepreneurs from here and from uh, internationally. So how important is international collaboration for Shira? I mean, I think it's it's extremely important. And perhaps I'll take a step back and say, um, I wouldn't say these delegations are coming just because of Shira. I would say it's Sharjah as a city that's actually at an inflection point right now in its own journey and is really on the map in terms of being an ecosystem for entrepreneurs and innovators. And you know that when it, when you talk about ecosystem, it's never one entity that's doing it. You have the universities that are playing their roles. You have the various government entities. You have the, the building we're sitting in right now, the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park, that's playing a big role. And so collectively, I think we've all had an impact on the global stage. And in fact, I'm proud to say that Sharjah as a city was ranked among the top 10 
uh, entrepreneurial ecosystems in the region. And I think that's something for us to be really proud of, especially, like I said, because we've seen the journey over the last seven or eight years and where it was as a nascent ecosystem and to now be in the top 10 uh, cities in the region is something that we should be really proud of. So it is indeed attracting the attention of not just regional, but international delegations. And that is extremely important for us because part of our mandate is to really help position the city as a home for entrepreneurs. And so the more we can welcome these delegations, the more we can show them the opportunities that are available in the city. But it's more than just that. It's also, at the end of the day, a two-way collaboration. In fact, one of the collaborations that we're very proud of is with a leading incubator in Toronto, Canada, the DMZ, who we recently, uh, six months ago, signed an MOU with. And that allows us to do several things. One, obviously, is the knowledge exchange. So they are helping us build our programs. We're giving them feedback on their programs. Uh, the second thing that it provides is access to mentors. So providing access, you know, many, we know many of the mentors here in the UAE and the region, but to be able to tap into a whole new network of mentors in Canada is useful for us and allows us to also provide them with access to mentors in this region. And finally, for startups that are willing or looking rather to expand beyond the UAE, and most of them are because ultimately the UAE is a small market and most startups are looking to ultimately grow into regional, if not global businesses. This gives us the opportunity to help them access other markets. And so we've had a couple of startups that have been looking that started here in Sharjah and are looking to grow into the Canadian market. And we do that through the introduction to DMZ. But also DMZ has incubated startups and are now looking to enter the MENA region, given the growth in the MENA region. And we are a great landing pad for them as well. So these inter international collaborations are absolutely important for us. At the end of the day, it comes back to, like I said, as an ecosystem, you need to, for you to be successful, you need to be as connected and as collaborative as possible. This is really beautiful. So speaking of the ecosystem, uh, we tried to shed light on the importance of international collaboration, but I want to ask you about uh, how important it is to have universities as part of this ecosystem, particularly in Sharjah and this beautiful university city. So I think this could be mutually beneficial, of course, but I want to listen to your insights, please. Oh, it, I wouldn't even say it's important. I would say it's critical. It's perhaps our main differentiating factor. If you look at uh, the most successful startup ecosystems around the world, right? I mean, Silicon Valley is obviously the biggest example. They all were built around university towns and university cities. At the end of the day, what are startups but pools of talent? And what we have here in Sharjah and what makes us so different as an ecosystem is this critical mass of talent from leading universities like the University of Sharjah, like the American University of Sharjah. And we're proud to have long-standing relationships with both universities from the very early days of Shira. We have a hub at the American University of Sharjah. We have a hub at the University of Sharjah. And this gives us access to the up-and-coming talent in these universities. And when we look at that talent, it's not just that that talent is a future pipeline of entrepreneurs, because we all know not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur or has entrepreneurial ambitions, but it comes back to what we talked about earlier. Entrepreneurship is a mindset and irrespective of what you choose to do in your career, having an entrepreneurial mindset enables your success. And so one of the key things that we are trying to do is really instill that entrepreneurial mindset in each and every student that we come across. 
and perhaps 10 or 20% of them will go on to start businesses. And we would love to incubate them and be part of their journeys as well. But for those that aren't, what we try to do is build linkages between them and between the startups that we have incubated. And one of the things that we recently launched just last week is a startup career fair. We've incubated over the last seven or eight years, and over 150 startups here at Shirai. And one of the biggest gaps that a lot of them talk about Beyond funding, fine, we all know funding is often one of the entrepreneurs will often say that that's a major gap that they face. But the other big gap is talent. And they always say, how can you help us fill the talent gap? And for us to be able to play that role of a bridge of taking the talent, upskilling that talent with the entrepreneurial mindset and with the soft and technical skills they require and working closely with the university to do that and then bridging that gap and introducing them to these startups that are looking to recruit ultimately allows us to have the impact that we're looking for as well. So to answer your question, the talent piece is perhaps the most critical piece uh, of the of the ecosystem for us. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. I have a couple of questions remaining. One relating to tech startups, which has picked up a lot of momentum, probably because of the revolution in technology that we have witnessed lately. So how much you would say that tech startups are have become a dominant trend in this uh, current period? And my other question is about green startups. And particularly now with the trend of sustainability, we are in the year of sustainability, we're gearing up to COP28. How important do you see green startups over the uh, current period and the coming period? So, uh, in fact, when I say we've incubated 150 startups, they are all tech startups. Um, you know, we've been very focused on that from day one. Um, we do have a community of more traditional SMEs like FNB outlets and gyms and so on that are part of our wider community. But when it comes to incubating startups, our focus really is on tech startups. And to be honest, in today's world, it's hard to be a business that is not tech enabled in any case. So it's, it's we try to the extent possible not to differentiate between the two, because really any business that you look at, even if it is a traditional F&B business will have components of tech integrated into it, especially now when you look at these delivery apps and you look at the, you know, vendor management systems and so on and so forth. So tech tech is really part of all the uh, startups that we support here uh, at Shirai. Um, in terms of the sustainability aspect, you know, what I'm proud to say is that, yes, obviously, 2023 is the year of sustainability here in the UAE. Obviously, COP28 is happening later in the year. But for us at Shirai, sustainability was incorporated from day one when we launched in January 2016. And uh, our partner, it, it, made, it always made sense for us here at Shirai and here in Sharjah because Sharjah itself is very much, I would say, the green capital of the region, especially with the presence of companies like BIA in Sharjah and the impact that BIA has had, uh, not just in Sharjah, but across the region. And so we're proud to have BIA as one of our partners uh, on the sustain the lead partner on our sustainability track. And since day one, we've been looking to support tech startups that not on only incorporate sustainability into their business, but are actually working to solve problems that relate to the environment and sustainability. And perhaps a couple of examples that I can share with you. We have uh, Kima, which is a startup based here in Sharjah. 
that manufactures uh, surface cleaners in the form of effervescent tablets, much like your vitamin C tablets that you that you put in water. And so, first of all, that allows you to reduce uh, single-use plastics because you buy the bottle once. You fill it with water and the refills are all in the form of tablets. They're now expanding their be- uh, product range beyond surface cleaners to sanitizers and other cleaning products as well. Uh, and, and the fact that they are not only producing these products, but that they're producing and manufacturing manufacturing them here in Sharjah is a story that we are very proud of. There's also Pomade which is a company that takes the waste of palm trees and basically converts them into utensils as well, recyclable utensils. So all of these are companies that solve challenges in the sustainability space and are being incubated at a center like Shiraz. So sustainability has always been part of our agenda. Social impact has always been part of our agenda. Our social impact partner is Crescent, Crescent Enterprises. And again, right from day one, we've been talking about how can we measure the social impact and the environmental impact of the startups that we're supporting. Obviously, in the tech startup world, when we talk about uh, impact, it's usually focused on financial returns. How much have they raised? And, you know, what was the exit? And what was the valuation? And so on. But we don't talk enough about the impact that these startups are having on the lives uh, of those who are you know, working in the company that are being served by the company and the community around these companies. And so these are some of the metrics that we've been encouraging startups to think about right from day one from their incubation as well. And so sustainability and uh, and uh, social impact, while they are perhaps currently the hot trends, they've always been important to us right from day one. We do, in fact, uh, so so again, in celebration this year of the Year of Sustainability, we've partnered with Sharjah Sustainable City and with BIA to launch a competition, the Access Sharjah Challenge, uh, that is focused on startups in sustainability. So we, sp- we set specific challenges for these startups, um, whether it's, uh, you know, helping us uh, accelerate our journey to net zero or whether it's helping on specifically waste management. And we opened up applications to startups around the world and we were not just surprised, but extremely impressed with not just the number of applications we received, received hundreds of applications, but also the quality of applications that we were receiving. Um, It's early in the process. We're shortlisting as we speak. We'll be announcing the winners of that competition over the coming month. Um, And the winners will then be implementing their solutions with our partners, with BIA and Sharjah Sustainable City as well, which addresses one of the earlier questions we talked about, which is the challenges in the ecosystem and that challenge of having these bigger companies working with startups. And so we're very proud to see this change happening where companies like BIA, companies like Sharjah Sustainable City are actually saying, no, we want to integrate these solutions and these startups into our businesses and give them at the same time opportunities to grow. Let me end this podcast, Ms. Najla, by thanking you, but also asking you to give us a few words of advice for young talents, future entrepreneurs and innovators who have the ambition to make a difference in the world, but still hesitating, reluctant, scared to take the first steps. Any advice would be most appreciated. It's never really one person at the center or one organization at the center. We could not have done the work we were doing without the support of 
various stakeholders, whether it's our main champions, His Highness Sheikh Dr. Sultan uh, bin Mohammed Al-Qasmi, the ruler of Sharjah, Sheikh Abdur Al-Qasmi, the chairperson of Shira' who has been, you know, our leader and visionary from day one, whether it's entities or organizations like the University of Sharjah who kindly provided us with a hub and with access to the students, whether it's the various VCs who have taken the time to come and listen to the pitches of our startups and invest in our startups, the mentors who have taken the time to guide our startups, the various free zones like the research park here that are actually licensing the startups together. We have all had this collective impact. And so if, if I can say one word to describe it all, it's really a sense of gratitude and most of all gratitude to the entrepreneurs who've really taken a chance on us and allowed us to be part of their journey. And many of these entrepreneurs started out as students when we started six years ago. And to now see them running their own companies and employing hundreds of uh, employees, it's truly a sense of pride, satisfaction, and gratitude. I can't thank you enough, Ms. Najla. This was a fantastic episode full of insights, of uh, meaningful takeaways for our listeners. I also want to thank them for their precious time and interest in the Sharjah Talks business podcast. And I tell them, stay tuned and listen to our next podcast on important topics shaping the world of business and academia and entrepreneurship. Thank you so much. Thank you, Professor Dima. And it was a pleasure to be here.